We got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods for the next half of football. But we can't be afraid to lose. There's no room for fear in this game. This is the New Hampshire High School Football Show. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? <laughs> I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night! If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. The New Hampshire High School Football Show is brought to you by the New Hampshire State Liquor Commission's Division of Enforcement. You got heart, charisma, and a lot of skin. Here are your hosts, Pete Terrier and Dave Haley from NHSportsPage.com. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go play some football. Good morning and welcome to a semi-final Saturday edition of the New Hampshire High School Football Show. We do it for you each and every Saturday morning live on the radio between 9 and 11 a.m. on ESPN New Hampshire from our studios in Nashua. Also, get it up for you on the website, nhsportspage.com. It's also on there for your on-demand listening. Maybe you're busy while we're doing it live, and you can uh, go back on your own time and just click the link and listen to the show. And if you do that today, you might listen to it after all the games are played that we're going to be talking about over the course of the next couple of hours. I am Pete Terrier. got Dave Haley with me in studio, as always, David, happy Final Four Saturday. Yeah, a couple of years ago, one of my buddies bought me uh, long underwear for Christmas, and this is a very You're unusual. breaking them out? Yeah, it was a little unusual. I was like, and, he, and he looked at me and goes, football games. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> thank you to my buddy, my buddy Matt. Okay. Yeah, so I'm ready to go. I've, I, I almost died two weeks ago on, the, on top of the press box at Milford High School, which only would seem like a fitting end for me. But uh, I'm ready to go today. We're decked out, ready to roll, Wyndham High School. For a press box that may or may not be completed. We're going to find out when we get there. Well, that's the Division II uh, semifinals. Dave and uh, Jennifer Chick Ruth are going to be covering it for NHSportsPage.com. I'm going to be at the Merrimack-Bedford game, the Armageddon game, as I called it earlier in this week, the rematch of the Week 1 uh, victory for Bedford. Uh, Sean Sendall in here producing. His Alvern Broncos didn't make the playoffs again this year. That's unfortunate. I think I believe they were uh, eliminated in Week 4. Yeah, were they? <laughs> it didn't take them Same. Time Guilford was. Oh, here we go. We also have a special guest in studio. uh, Jimmy Lozon, head coach of the Londonderry Lancers. His team didn't make the playoffs either. But I think they're a, a pretty good football team this year. And they played both of the teams that we're going to talk about at length. Merrimack, Bedford, Coach Lozon, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate you coming in and joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So you didn't have any issues finding the place or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I did. A uh, little, <laughs> little tiny sign, making pay for parking. So we got some things to talk about <laughs> well, that, the next problem, before I come back. Sean Here's will. the problem. <laughs> you, you dealt with Dave, all right? Yeah, Dave doesn't, didn't tell you to, to park for, for free. I had address this morning. He didn't so. tell you you could park for free in the parking I'm garage. I'm sure you New Hampshire will send you a check for 225 Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you coming in, and uh, we're going to break down all the games. There's six of them played around the state of New Hampshire, and uh, most of them start at one. But why don't we hit the Beals Insurance scoreboard slash schedule today, and Dave will tell you who's playing who, when, and where. Are you ready? The Beals Insurance scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. I'm riffing off the top of my head, so this could get dangerous. So this is a 1 o'clock kickoff of the game that we're going to cover on NH. One of the three games we're going to cover today on NHSportsPage.com. Bedford at home today against Merrimack. These are the top two teams in the power pole all season long. Bedford undefeated. Merrimack with one loss. And yet, everyone seems to be picking Bedford to win this game. We'll get into it. The, kid, the Bedford kids. It took the Bedford kids about 20 minutes on Twitter to fire back at us. So... They have some motive. So, Pete, if they win today and you're interviewing the entire Bedford team, I'm ready I get for ready it. for a hostile crowd. I'm ready for uh, it. So that's going to be um, one of the games of the day there. Bedford playing at home against Merrimack. That's going to be tremendous. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about that one. The other game on the Seacoast, Exeter at Bill Ball Stadium, is going to host Nashua North. Uh, 42-6 to earlier this season, Exeter beat Nashua North. They play again today, 1 o'clock kickoff over in Exeter. Of course, the winner goes to UNH. Plays, of course, the winner of Merrimack and Bedford. Division two, the game that Jennifer Chick Ruth and I are going to be out at. Wyndham hosting Plymouth, the Plymouth Bobcats. Plymouth, who beat St. Thomas, the defending champs, last week. 
Uh, that game should be a tremendous one. We'll have full coverage of that one, video highlights, all the post-game interviews with the entire winning team. The other Division Two game, and we called this back in August, I believe. Yeah, Hanover I had and Bo. I had it. We had that one. I had, that and Donald Trump being our president. I yeah. had that all five <laughs> months ago. Should have came to me then. Uh, Bo and, uh, is traveling over to Hanover. Bo upset John Stark, who a lot of us thought was going to make it to Durham. But today it's Hanover hosting a playoff game way out there. Uh, in the Upper Valley, so that should be a good one today. And in Division Three, we've got another game we're covering today. Uh, Monadnock is going to be hosting Stevens in Division Three. Monadnock undefeated. Stevens played them tough in the last game of the season. They get another shot out today with, with Henry Burke and, and uh, Parker Smith. And then the other game, the Interlakes, Moultonboro Lakers, who Pete Terrier is the owner of a new double XL t-shirt Thank from, the you. from the Lakers. Finally. They're going to be on the road playing Bishop Brady, who they beat earlier in the season. Uh, they're going to play that game, Memorial Field and Concord. Bishop Brady Giants hosting Interlakes Moultonboro today. Again, that's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so it should be a fun day. And then next week, of course, whoever wins, they're all going to play at UNH, the three state championship games. 11 o'clock for Division Three, 2.30 for Division Two, and then 6 o'clock for the Division One championship game. And we're going to have all three championship games on the radio, play-by-play ESPN New Hampshire, and on uh, video with nhsportspage.com, the video highlights package. Dave, me and you are going to have to talk and see if you can help me on those broadcasts. I would love to have you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll be there. McIsaac and I usually handled the Division Three game for NH Sports Page, right? Sure. Yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, we could talk about that outside. But let's get into some of these games, and uh, we'll bring in the coach because you played both of these teams, Coach Lozon, during the season, and I think you knew right away, even before the season started, that those were going to be the two teams to beat in D one. Yeah, they were. They were the top two uh, favorites, I would think, with uh, Leahy coming back and Garcini and Daniel and all those guys. We knew. Uh, we knew Merrimack was the real deal, and Bedford. Uh, they're going to be good year in and year out, but they're bringing back their three best players from last year. So we kind of kind of figured that those two are going to be a tough task. What does Bedford do so well? I feel like they're almost under the radar because we talked about Grassini breaking the record. And Merrimack is just a fun team to watch. It's almost like Tecmo Bowl out there at times. What does Bedford do so well? What's so tough about those guys? They're just so fast on defense that uh, we, we had some things that week going into the, into the game um, that we thought we could exploit um, because they do – they do leave some open areas, but their athletes are so good that they uh, they're just they just fly to the ball, and uh, we just we weren't able to exploit it, or we'd exploit it for three or four yards, and then you know not the thirty that we planned, and uh, and then we have to drive, and you have to drive consistently on them, um, and to earn first downs on them. Coach Stinks got them playing on defense really well. He's always got his defensive line flying off the ball, um, causing havoc in the backfield. So uh, you know they're just defensively we knew it was going to be tough obviously they shut us out so um they were uh they were just lights out on defense we, we just weren't gonna really... bring that up yeah no, I, no that's fine. That. I would <laughs> i just brought up the schedule i would, I would have never thought that though, honestly <laughs> going into the game so. no but you know kurt hines was one of our favorites before uh and he did a great job of there. Derek has picked right up and and been terrific what is there a difference you know you coach against both of those guys separately is there a difference now in that team now that Derek's the head coach um, style wise or you know philosophy or I mean they started the last couple of years with with coach Hines they really started to play um, play like that they played well I think coach Hines was um, they were always really good on special teams and and I think he was more of an offensive guy and the defense has kind of played the same but it just seems like um, that's their strength now yeah you know defensively they're they're stronger um, they're obviously very good on offense but um, a lot of it's broken plays and and great athletes and and uh, short passes turn into long runs but uh, you know defensively they would scare me more than their offense that's Jimmy Lozon head coach of the Londonderry Lancers is our in-studio expert analyst talking about uh, the semifinals uh, specifically in division one coach you're your league, your conference, if you will, really, really tough. I mean, top to bottom, you know, your team finished two and seven. Timberlane was two and seven as well, but those are pretty good two and seven football teams. I mean, every single night. And then on top of your conference, when you had to play that crossover against the D1 North Conference, you're talking about Goffstown, you're talking about Merrimack and Bedford. I mean, it was just a battle each and every night this week, this year. Yeah. Um, 
the big thing is you got to be able to stay healthy. You got the ball's got to bounce your way a few times. It didn't for us early on in the year, and I think it it kind of uh, ruined some of our confidence. And then injuries on top of that. But yeah, we we warned the kids before the year. I don't know if they necessarily believe you, but um, that it was going to be a battle week in and week out. Um, and it was that, uh, except for you know Bedford and Central got the best of us. But every other week, I mean, even Merrimack, we went toe to toe with them in the first half, and we were right with them. And uh, you just you can't make many mistakes. You know, and and it doesn't. It's not going to get any easier. We're just at the freshman tournament, and um, you know, the top three teams are like Pinkerton, Londonderry, and Salem. So it's it's just uh, it's not going to get any easier going forward. So we're going to have to battle those guys every every year. I was at the Goffstown game week one. I was wearing shorts. You know, you probably were too. Although most football coaches are still wearing shorts because they're crazy this time of year. But that was a game you guys had won. Yeah, I don't know. remember exactly what happened, but you guys were basically trying to run out the clock in the final minute and had the ball near your own goal line. And I don't know if it was a bad shotgun snap, a fumbled uh, you know, snap or something, but you guys fumbled it near your goal line. The big guy, Adam Moses, recovered it in the end zone, and they basically snatched, uh, snatched a victory out of the jaws of defeat right there. And Right off the bat, you guys are zero and one. You should have been one and zero. Yeah, and that those those are the type of breaks that we got. Pinkerton, we couldn't catch a break. Um, you know, it was just Timberlane was a tough one at the end of the year. Salem, we hung with them, and same type of thing. We couldn't convert on on short yardage, and uh, but yeah, Goffstown was that's that's not the way you want to start off the year. I thought the the game plan was really good. We hurt ourselves all game. We had plenty of opportunities to put them away, and we didn't. And and so. You know they were hanging around and and we gave it to them at the end. But uh, they're a good team. Then they went on a roll. But I think we were very equal. You know, uh, playing them, I felt like this was a really good matchup. But then do you see the the difference in record at the end of the year? And I don't know if if that game had anything to do with our confidence going forward. But um, it seemed like uh, that when the game was getting tight or the the big play was coming up, it seemed like our guys were were getting tight and were thinking we were going to make a mistake rather than make a play. Um, and two years ago, we were we had a team that like thrived on those big moments, and I don't know necessarily if we had that this year, but we'll uh, we'll try to work on that this this off season. Put and and next year we'll try to put them in crucial uh, pressured situations early on to see if we can handle that better. Jimmy was talking about that um, Bedford defense. I was texting a little bit with Derek Stank, who uh, head coach of Bedford, who we're going to have at nine thirty. Uh, but some of the guys he mentioned defensively: Jake Gregson, uh, who's the leading tackler, seventy-seven tackles for Bedford this year, six sacks. Uh, Kyle Jalbert, uh, Shrew Hussein, uh, do it, Pete. Pete, get ready Lager for me. Lagerquist, <laughs> Kyle Lagerquist. We're good. See, we've been doing radio a long time together. Nick Canoni, Spencer Adams. Uh, big parts of it, both of those guys inside linebackers, but so they got guys all over the place. That it's funny they're like the, uh, you know, they're just the team. Maybe they're not like the sexy team out there because Merrimack is that team. And every coach I talk to says Merrimack, you know, Merrimack's going to beat Bedford State. Not not in a blowout by any means, but they think they're going to go in there and win. I think in staff picks, most of us felt the same way. Do you have an opinion on today, Jimmy? Like, what do you see? I think it's a toss up game, but do you have an opinion which way it might go? Well, Merrimack is, I mean, I know their offense steals the show, but they're really good on defense as well. I think that's... It's, they hit. Yeah, they're flying around. Uh, their defensive line slants and stunts a lot, and it gave us a lot of trouble in the second half. They made some good adjustments. Um, you know, they're just one play away, and I know how that goes because two years ago we had several weapons that, like, you knew it, at, at some point somebody was going to score or break one. Um, and I think that's kind of their mentality is at some point somebody's going to make a big play. And number five is just, uh, I mean, he's the real deal. It's like he's, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he he picked us off uh, when we played there two years ago, and I was like, man, that kid's, that kid's good. I thought he was a senior, and he was only a sophomore. And so, uh, you know, he's just – see. I watched a golf sound game on, uh, on YouTube last night, and uh, – I mean, he just doesn't go down easy. He he goes up and gets everything. I'd just get him the ball he needs as a often nickname. as possible. But he is a he's a man amongst boys out there. He smashes people. When I went to that yeah. game, and uh, Pete and I, part of the cool thing about what we do is we we talk on the phone, whether it be Sunday or Monday. Pete reintroduces himself to his family every Sunday, which is nice. <laughs> so I try to leave him alone. Um, but we talk every Monday or so, and just what we saw at the games. And I remember saying to Pete, he'd already seen Merrimack, but there's sometimes. 
you need to see a team in person to understand how physical they are, and that's how I felt about Merrimack. They're not a huge team. No, but they are very physical. Yeah, you see Central, and you're like, these guys are monsters. And then you see Merrimack, and they're they're all built like Danny McKillop. They're big, athletic, they're strong. They're not huge, but boy, when they hit you, you you know it, and you're usually going down. And that's what I saw when I saw those guys. I mean, as good as Bedford is on defense, they've got a tough task. They got shut down five. They got shut down eight. Eleven had... Eleven was really I love coaches always really fast. Coaches Justin always Weiser. know numbers. I, I I just I didn't know uh, how good he was until we we played him. You know, I mean, on film he looks fast, but you know, you think you can contain him, and uh, he he caught some slants, and we hit him right when he caught it, and he got right back up, and um, he's good. Eight five uh, quarterback, obviously. Um, they've had guys just you know jump in for five when he was injured, and they just. They, they fill right in and they don't lose a beat. So l- l- let me ask you about the the record that Grassini broke this year, and he's still building on it. I mean, he's going to throw some more today, you would imagine. He's got forty one on the season. Uh, has only played ten games this year, so he's averaging four a game. And a lot of the games that they played, he didn't play the whole game. You know, he played a half in some of the games, maybe three quarters, and then they'd pull him because they were up by so much. But can you put that into context? You know. The record was 30, what, three years ago? Brendan Johnson from Bishop Brady yep. broke it, and then Stephen Hedberg from St. Thomas broke it the next year. But I really feel the way offenses are going, and you're an offensive guy, an offensive coach, that this record may, I mean, depending on what Garcini finishes with at the end of this year, I mean, I don't think it's going to be uncommon to see high touchdown passes in a season uh, going forward because the game is changing. Yeah. No, he's yeah, but what he's doing with the defenses that we're playing against is just, I mean, Bedford's defense. Uh, he played them early on. Salem's always really good on defense. Uh, Pinkerton's, you know, I mean, we won't talk about what he did to Pinkerton's defense, but they, you know, they're they're good coach, uh, well coached over there. Good players. Um, you know, he he shredded everybody. So I don't know if we'll ever have anybody that throws forty one again. But that's uh, it's pretty impressive. That's the thing I noticed in that game is that he gets in the shotgun and he goes to his first read. Then he's got his second, and then the ball's out. Like the ball, like I don't see him back there dancing around with his feet and right. kind of coming out of the pocket and looking. I mean, he's literally going. Here's my first read. There's my second. I'll go to my third, and. The ball's out. Yeah. You can't get a clean hit on that kid, well, usually, or it's hard to at least. We saw a lot of the teams trying to bring pressure on him, and they weren't getting to him. Um, he was just getting the ball out so fast, and they throw so many bubbles that we tried to take the opposite uh, route, and, and we just tried to not bring pressure on him and try to keep as many guys back as possible and take all that stuff away, and, and he still was able to to – you know, pick us apart. So, I mean, pick your poison, I guess, with him. But Or you're going to have a nice mix and, and be able to execute them both. But he's going to have somewhat of, I think, against the first time against Bedford, he had a little bit of an off day. Yeah. Um, they didn't score until the first fourth quarter. He was he was and he missing his receivers by a lot. They they scored on a trick play, too. It was, yeah. you know, I don't know what they call the play, but they threw it to, uh, you know, one of those bubble screens, I think, to a running back. And the kid, Alex Bronchuk, 34, left-hander, throws a bomb down the field. And I don't remember who he hit. Maybe it was Wiser or whatever. But it was a trick play that got him on the board. But that seemed to kind of break the ice a little bit. And then they ended up putting up 20 in the fourth quarter. But in that game, Bedford did get some pressure. But you're right. They covered and they got pressure with the front four. Jalbert, Gregson, uh, Caleb McDonald, another kid that's really good on defense for Bedford. Those guys got pressure on him. They they forced a turnover. They sacked Grassini at one point in the third or the fourth quarter and he fumbled and Bedford recovered it on, you know, inside the 20 and then ended up capitalizing, scoring a touchdown. But that's what Bedford did in that game. They're going to need to do more of that today if they want to keep this uh, game within reach. That's I think. why it's such a great matchup because Bedford won't bring much pressure, but their D line is so well coached that they're going to, they're going to get off the ball and they're going to, you don't even have to get to him. You just got to get them moving. You know, you just got to get them moving and then he'll, you know, that'll, that'll alter some of his throws and then, you know, they'll have, a, they'll have themselves a chance. But if they just, they let him throw bubbles all game and let those guys make plays and then, you know, off the bubble, he'll be able to hit other things and then they're going to be in trouble. So it'll be, it's, it's a really, really, really good matchup. Really good matchup. There's another game too in Division One. Yeah, I we're going <laughs> to, we'll take a break now. We'll come back and we'll talk about that other game that no one's really talking about. Exeter against Nashua North. I'll Coach. tell you, people better not look past that winner next week at UNH. I'm just saying like the winner of today's Merrimack Bedford game isn't the state champion yet. You know what I mean? Not like, yet. 
but I've already kind of looked past. I know, and I think you're not the only person to do that. That's why I'm saying that. But I mean, we'll get into that game after the break, but I, I get some thoughts on that one too because I'm surprised at that first game, and I, I put the box score up there in the preview, 42-6. to six. I was at the game. And Exeter took them to the woodshed. Yeah, North didn't even and it was midway, didn't th- even compete. It wasn't like September tenth. I mean, this was the middle of the season. Or yeah, like I think half. both teams were four and one. I think it was week six, and uh, both teams had equal records. Uh, Exeter was coming off the loss against Portsmouth the week before. I think North was coming off uh, uh, maybe a couple weeks before when they played their rivalry game against South. But yeah, that was uh, that was domination by the Blue Hawks. So we'll talk about that. We got Coach Jimmy Lozon from uh, Londonderry in studio, our special expert analyst talking about these games. Dave Haley, Pete Terrier, Sean Sendall running the show. It is the New Hampshire High School Football Show. Bottom of the hour, we got Derek Stank, the head coach of the Bedford Bulldogs. We'll see if Coach Lozon can ask some hard-hitting questions for one of his coaching brethren. All that and more as we continue on ESPN New Hampshire and NA. Sportspage.com. Manchester's home for high school sports. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. These days, you need to know your college investment is moving you forward. Great Bay Community College gets that. They have new high-demand programs, including bioengineering, sales and digital marketing, liberal arts, English, history, and psychology. There are opportunities for internships and leadership development and transfer pathways to a four-year college. All this at a tuition you can afford. Great Bay Community College. Enroll now. Drop by admissions today. No appointment necessary. Tuesdays from 9 to 3. Find out more at greatbay.edu. Nothing beats the fresh taste of Budweiser Draft. It's more than just love at first pint. It's the best way to enjoy the quintessential American lager. Brewed the hard way for an unmistakable crisp finish every time. So don't just settle for whatever's on tap. Make it the fresh taste of Beechwood-aged Budweiser Draft. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. This is the famous Budweiser Beer. Brewed with the choicest ingredients since 1876. 139 holidays strong. Decking the halls in an eight-horse open sleigh. Aged over beechwood for a crisp, smooth finish. Anyone can jingle all the way. Only Budweiser can macro all the way. Budweiser, this Bud's for you. Enjoy responsible. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. National Marine is a proud supporter of Merrimack High School football as they take on Bedford today. Owner Chris Sandell and the entire crew at National Marine wish the Tomahawks the best of luck in their quest for a state championship. And they also remind boat owners that now is the time to get your boat winterized and shrink wrapped. Do you have mechanical, structural, or electrical problems? Get your boat repaired during the offseason at National Marine. And if you need a safe spot for your boat this winter, National Marine offers storage too. National Marine, online at nationalmarine.com. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. When I think of my youth, I remember a stage of life that's vibrant and full of possibility. The same is true for our forests. A young forest is a light-filled place rich with quickly growing trees, shrubs, wildflowers, and other plants. It may look unruly, but it provides food and shelter for a wide variety of creatures, many of whose numbers have declined in recent decades. In the past, wildfires and flooding created this young forest habitat by creating openings for fresh new growth. Today, we have largely controlled those natural processes. The responsibility now falls on us to make enough new young forests so wildlife can thrive. Timber harvests, prescribed fires, and mowing can renew middle-aged woods, making them younger and more vital. Do your part by supporting young forest projects on public and private land. Become a well-informed wildlife advocate. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights. Welcome back. 
New Hampshire High School football show. Semi-final Saturday edition. Six games all around the state of New Hampshire. We're going to bring on the Bedford coach, Derek Stank, just hours before kickoff of that game in Bedford, Merrimack Bedford. We'll get uh, his take on what it's like. Uh, another Final Four Saturday for him. Uh, his second year as a head coach, two Final Fours. Jimmy Lozon from Londonderry is in here. He's our expert analyst, Dave Haley, along with Pete Terrier. And Coach Lozon, this other game that's going to send someone to the championship game from the other side of the bracket, Nashua North and Exeter. Exeter's making their sixth straight Final Four appearance. They're the program. You know, when you talk about programs in high school football, how do you uh, see this game uh, shaking out, Bet, uh, Exeter and Nashua North? Uh, it's I, I haven't seen either one of them play this year. Based on the, the score of the first one, that's a tough gap to make up for in Nashua North. But something's clicked over there because they are uh, they're rolling on and they're clicking on all cylinders. It seems like to to put sixty up on BG twice. They're similar teams in that they both have three or four kids that they like to get the football to to run it. You know what I mean? They're gonna do it a couple of different ways so they have depth. You know where today I'm going over to Wyndham. And, and it's not Windham. I'm calling it Wyndham. I'm sticking with Please it. Please do. Yeah. I, I'm too far into this to change now. I am what I am, as a great sailor once said. So they Plymouth has to give the ball to Garrett Maycumber 25 times today. And he's got to churn out 150 yards if they've got any chance. Nashua North and, and Exeter each, they, they've got their big guns. But they got four or five kids who can carry the football or make plays for those guys. So... I expect it to be a lot closer, don't you, Pete? Yeah, I think it'll be closer. I still like Exeter to win the game. I do at home, certainly. We'll get back to that game in just a bit, but uh, we're going to go out to Bedford right now where I'm going to be in a few hours, and 5,000 of my closest friends will be there as well for a whale of a football game. It's the rematch, Bedford and Merrimack. Here to talk about it with us is uh, Coach Derek Stank. Coach Stank, thanks so much for giving us some time on this semifinal Saturday. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So we got Jimmy Lozon from Londonderry in here as a special expert analyst, along with Dave Haley and myself. So we're all going to throw okay. some questions at you. But first, let's talk about it. I mean, way back to week one, when we were all watching the game in shorts, uh, your team was victorious, uh, 24 to 20. And I think we all kind of knew at the time that these two teams might see each other down the line. So it's kind of cool that it is happening again. What is your mindset going into this one? You got the home game. You guys ran the table, defeating them, giving them their only loss. Why is everybody picking Merrimack? Well, they're a very explosive football team. Um, they have skill sets all over, all over offense and defense, and especially offensively starting with their quarterback. So their ability to make big plays, their ability to point, put points up on the board, um, you know, it warrants a threat and uh you know they're definitely it's going to be a tight game much like it was last time so you know i think the biggest thing that we have is we've got a defense that's really come along in the last um last half of the year you know we we allowed 52 points in the first two games and we allowed 51 in the next eight games so the defense has been flying so it's, it's going to be a i think a battle to some degree of those two juggernauts going back and forth but you know i mean they're a good football team and uh whoever is seated above or below doesn't really affect me because at the end of the day, we just need to go out next year and play football and be one know at the end of the day. Yeah, Coach, when you and I talked back in August, you were replacing, I think it was four out of five kids from your offensive line from last season's team that went to the semifinals. Uh, who are the kids that have really uh, stepped up and, and played so well for you on that offensive line? Who are the guys in the trenches who have really gotten it done for you guys this year? Well, we actually replaced five out of five. So it was a, a wholesale swap. And uh, the only guy with a decent amount of playing experience at the varsity level was Josh Colmer, who was our center, who uh, up until Central was, was doing a great job, but he got rolled up on in Central and ended up pairing his PCL. So he's been out for the last couple of weeks and for the rest of the season, unfortunately. So that being said, the guys have stepped up. So, you know, we've got a, we've got a center, Don Falvey, who's doing a great job for us to place in that role. Uh, left tackle Ben McComb, um, a sophomore. He's or sorry, a junior. He's doing a great job over there. And Alex Krauski as a um, senior on the on the left guard. And our right tackle and right guard, they're both sophomores right now. Two sophomores, Jimmy Galamaga and Jacoby Collins. So you know, it's taken a while for them to catch their stride. It's taken a while for them to kind of pick up on the way we need to block for running backs that are used to five you know seniors and starters and guys that have experience so i think you know 
it, it's hurt us a little bit in earlier games, but I think we're finding our stride a little bit finally with the O line. Hey, coach, how you doing? Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Good. Um, so I got two questions. Uh, one, yeah. uh, what was uh, you know what was the message to the kids this week? Because it seems like everyone's picking Merrimack, and you guys already beat them. Um, so you know, what would you would you tell your guys? You know that conversation of they got picked over us and who's a better team. You know, really didn't come into play at all. Um, you know, the, the focus I think for this week was really we have 24 seniors. I got 15 kids that are starting right now that are seniors, and these are a group of guys that just they know how to win. You know, they went undefeated their freshman year, their JV year. You know, they lost to Pinkerton two years ago. Last year, only to Golfstown, and. They're, they're tired of getting so close and not finishing it. And on the back of our shirts, we've worn that for about two years now, the word finish. Yep. So right now, you know, the whole message to them and to the team is, you know, we have all the assets to do this. We have the skill set. We have the strength. We have the size. We have the determination. It's just you 24 seniors, you need to go execute. You need to go play our brand of football. And if they do that, we'll be successful. Right. Um, the second question is just how important is the clock to you uh, today? You know, I know for us it was a big thing. We wanted to keep Grissini off the field, and we know how quickly they can score, and we just tried to – we wanted to manage the clock. That was uh, that was our main thing against them. Is that is that important to you guys? Well, the biggest thing for us is we just need to make sure our defense isn't on the field the entire time. You know, we need to keep drives going. We've had a problem throughout the course of this year with holding penalties, offsides and other things on our offense that have ultimately forced us to go three and out. And that's not what you want to do because the defense, and we got a good defense, but if you keep them out there for 10, 12, 13, 14 plays in a row, um, the whole bend but break mantra, you know, motto doesn't really always hold up. So, you know, we need to keep our offense rolling. We need to keep the, them on the field and limit, like you said, the amount of time that Christine gets in the backfield to distribute that football. So, Clock management in that aspect is definitely going to be important. That's Derek Stank, head coach of the Bedford Bulldogs, uh, getting ready to kick off this afternoon, 1 o'clock in Bedford against the Merrimack Tomahawks. Coach, let's talk about, I think, Nick Leahy seems to be getting healthy. He had the uh, knee problem uh, in the spring. It seemed like it took him a little while to kind of get back to full health but just been looking at the numbers as of late and seeing what I have on video of him as of late, looks like he seems to have some of that bounce and some of that shiftiness back. Yeah, he's got a, a little extra pep in his step, that's for sure. I think you know the offensive line is doing a great job of getting him some better blocking than maybe it's seen in weeks past. So between the two of them, though, it's definitely uh, expanded our running game and allowed us to you know, a little, be a little bit more successful from an offensive standpoint. Coach, I want to talk about Connor Robert, and you know, I, people talk, of course, about Grassini, Nick Moquin. I mean, there's no shortage of really, really good quarterbacks in Division One, but Connor Robert's right up there with any of those guys. And the kid had just—you sort of talked about the mentality of your program, but he—he he, he just wins football games. You know, that kid is a winner. And uh, he, talk about how big he's been for you guys, and you know, his ability to lead that offense. Well, you know, going back to, to last year when he won the starting spot, you know, it all came off of a very. Uh, a dramatic incident when Austin Danju, who was lined up to be our starting quarterback for the next year, that'd be last year, and uh, he suffered a severe um, injury snowboarding and broke his neck. So, you know, he had to step in as a sophomore last year to replace big shoes of Austin Danju, and he did a great job. You know, he's continuing to develop as a throwing threat. Um, I think he's been a running threat for quite some time, and that's something that we rely on quite frequently. So he just needs to stay composed, and if he does that, you know, he definitely is the guy that you want the ball in their hands of every single time, you know, for him to hand off, for him to throw, and for him to run when needed. So he's definitely a, a big asset for us up front. Coach, uh, any anybody, any key player today that you think is going to have a that uh, have a huge impact that we don't know about, or um, someone that you know is going to play a, a a big role for you guys in order to beat them? Well, I think it's going to be four guys. There's four guys that are going to make the difference in this game. And they're the four senior defensive linemen we have. So Joe Tebow, um, Caleb McDonald, Nate Gregson, and um, I did say Joe Tebow, Brian Tebow, check that, um, <laughs> and Kyle Jalbert. So those four individuals, if they can establish a rush 
and they can put pressure on the quarterback, and they can redirect on the bubble screens, and they can condense on any of their counters and their reads. That's going to limit a lot of what they can do. It's not going to cut it off completely because when he stops back and releases the ball 1.28 seconds, there's no way to technically defend that with the D-line. But anytime he has to scramble, anytime he wants to roll out, anytime he wants to sit back there and look for a little longer, it's going to come down to whether or not we can get to him. And uh, if those boys can do it, I think we'll be in a good place. Yeah, and I see another area where you guys may have an advantage over them. I'm talking offensively for you guys against their defense. Your big receivers. I mean, Noah Shabrick, six foot four. Liam Green is over six feet tall on the other side. And then you got the smaller slot receivers like Sharuk Hussein, kid like Colby Smith. I think those two big receivers you guys have on the outsides can cause them problems and did cause them problems in the first game. Yep. Yeah, they're they're a talented group. You know, I don't think, you know, you look at our receiving core and it's really especially between three of them, you know. They all have about equal yards. They all go out and make about the same amount of plays. You know, one game, one guy might stand out. The next game, another guy might stand out. So we don't have a huge highlighter from an offensive receiving standpoint, but we do have good guys on both sides that are a little bit large on the outside. We have some skill sets on the inside. We have um, Harry Lagan, who comes in number 15, and does a good job for us at wing and tight end and also slot sometimes. So, you know, we've got a good uh, assortment of receivers that are out there to, to help us out. All right, Coach. Well, we really appreciate the time. So much looking forward to getting out there. Now, just to let anybody know who's interested in uh, hearing, listening to, watching this game, we got a joint effort going on today. Uh, the Northeast Sports Network, nsnsports.net, and ESPN New Hampshire Radio have kind of teamed up. We're going to feed the ESPN New Hampshire audio, the play-by-play with Nick Anastas and Coach B. Mike Bellevue, into the NSN video stream so you can watch this game on the internet. So all over, over your phone, your computer, whatever. It is free. You can just go uh, on nsnsports.net. Maybe we can put a link up on nhsportspage.com yeah. as well so people can watch this game for free. So if they do get turned away, and that might be a possibility today, they might have to turn some people away. I don't know. You know, They don't really have like a capacity or a limit, I don't think, in Bedford. There's going to be thousands of people there. I recommend you get there early if you're planning on going. But if you don't get in or you just can't make it, you can watch it uh, on video. And we'll put a uh, link up on nhsportspage.com. Thanks so much, Coach. We'll see you out Good there luck, this Coach. afternoon, and uh, go get them, Bulldogs. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Derek Stank from the Bedford Bulldogs. And, you know, I think that, you know, everybody is kind of picking Merrimack to win I this mean, I'm game. picking them to win maybe by three points. I yeah. mean, I'm not, you know, this isn't emphatic. I mean, yeah. I had to pick somebody. There's no disrespect to Bedford whatsoever, but... This is a real good football team to oh, be God, picking yeah. against. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I was at the Bedford Golf I've had them number game. one in the power pole me since too. week one. I me voted them number one before they played Merrimack. So, trust me, I'm not going to be shocked no matter what. I, I'll only be shocked if it's not a close game. Anything else won't surprise me. Jimmy, you said, you know, you asked Coach if they're kind of using that. He downplayed that. <laughs> they are. <laughs> the kids I, I would. are. That's they what are. I was asking. Yeah. They are. It's it's tough because, you know, if you beat them in the regular season, then, you know, you're worried your guys are going to go in a little <coughs> overconfident. And then if you lose to them in the regular season, you're worried your guys don't think that they can win. So it's it's tough, but you got to get them over that hump. But, yeah, that so it, it kind of works. You know, they beat them, but at the same time, they're the underdog. So. Yeah, yeah. This I've, is deja vu for you, Pete, because, you know, you are – at this exact time last year, you were headed out to Goffstown for Bedford Goffstown. Right. Second rematch. And, and, and that game was just that Connor Bork run was the difference. But I mean, it was just, it's one play here or there, you know? Yeah. I mean, Bedford hung with them. And those were the best two teams in the state. Let me ask you this, coach. The way this is working out with the way the playoffs are, are set up now, and it was that way last year, those were the two best teams that played for the right to go to the state championship, Goffstown Bedford last year. I think we all agree, no disrespect to Exeter and Nashua North, but I think we all believe that these are the two best teams in the state playing each other for the right to go to UNH. Do you think that the system needs to be tweaked even more so that doesn't happen, or are you fine with it the way it is? There's pros and cons to you know, every way you look at it. Um, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people about this. I think it's it's getting better every year, and I mean – it's tough. I like the regular season setup. I like playing different teams every year. Uh, I, I 
I like that. It's you're not preparing for the same teams, you know, year in and year out. I kind of um, I find that challenging, and I like it. Uh, but as far as a playoff system goes, yeah, there'd be nothing wrong with like reseeding everybody once they got in, so that you don't end up in this issue. But that's just a matter of opinion. I mean, if Exeter beats you know, one of these teams next week or Nashville North beats one of these teams next week, then that will end that discussion. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then last year, what was it? 14, 14 at halftime with Exeter. Golf it was. Time. So, I mean, that almost, that almost kept a lot of people quiet, um, with that, but I don't know. I mean, I guess there's no real perfect system. It's like the AFC and the NFC and the NFL. I mean, you could have two great teams in the NFC that, that, you know, could essentially be the, the better teams in the NFL. So I don't know, you know, you just, there's no perfect way to do it. I just think I love those thirty for thirty series on ESPN, and I'm I'm a lot older than you, Jimmy. But I I remember NC State Houston, where in that '83 national championship game, where everybody talked about Louisville Houston yeah. and that Final Four, and they were like, whoever wins this, and that it's over. Oh, I guess NC and NC State beat them. So that's what I mean. I mean, look, I, you know, Bill Ball, who's doing far more important things right now, but he, you know, he's just like, yeah, yeah keep talking about those two, keep yeah, doing it, yeah. keep doing it, because you know. Exeter's Exeter. They're going to roll right in there. And, you know, they dealt with a lot, a tough week before they played Portsmouth. They lost to Portsmouth, and Portsmouth deserved that win and, and earned it. But that Exeter team otherwise is unblemished. And, you know, I, I wouldn't look past Exeter if they're able to win, say, or Nashua North, who is really kind of the hot team coming into that game. They've really come in with a lot of confidence. That, that offense is booming. So they've scored yeah. 100 points the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they've, I did the numbers. They scored 400 on the year so far, but 180 of them have been over the last three weeks. <laughs> the two games against BG, and they put they, they were over 60 in both did of those games. Did someone get healthy? Or did, I don't know. I think they played BG two weeks in a row. Okay. And BG is a good offensive team, but they were decimated with injuries. Okay. They couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the problem. And they had 54 against Spalding, uh, you know, with two weeks left to go in the regular season. So they scored basically half of their points over their last three games. Now they are playing good. They do have weapons. They are similar uh, to Exeter where they've got a number of different guys who can make plays, carry the football. You got Tyler chase, who is a speed guy, probably their primary running back, RJ Jenkins, Skylar Boykin, and they got Jordan Buckmeyer, four different guys, and they got a quarterback Jeff who is a run-pass threat. Yeah. He's got weapons in Lambert He's and good. Goslin, yeah. and he can run the football as well. So they've got, I think, more explosive type of players than Exeter does, where Exeter is just, you know, they're Exeter. They're going to run the football you know, six yards here, seven yards there. Exeter's like the one team where they can be facing third and nine and they can hand it off and get a first down. And they're very comfortable doing that. So last week they showed the big playability. Instead of, you know, killing you with a death by a thousand paper cuts, they beat you with the big South play. South brought it last week. Your alma mater. They yeah. played well last week. They did play well. Defensively, they played well, but they got beat by three big plays. 65-yard bomb to Morissette. Kyle Ball, all right? This is a kid that doesn't get enough attention because he's one of the best football players in the state. You know, I think him and Daniil from Merrimack, two ways, those are probably the two best two-way players in the state. Kyle Ball doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. Victor Pizzotti, by the way, in that conversation. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. in there too. Yeah, yeah he's definitely in but there. But you're right, Kyle Ball is, you know, he, that's exactly what you want. And I remember when uh, Ryan Albrecht went down for Pinkerton, and Jimmy, you can speak more to this or better to this than I can, but I remember that's their ball handler. And I know he didn't throw the ball much, but their running game did suffer in the weeks after that because he wasn't in there. And, you know, I know you were the starting quarterback at West. I, can't, I don't remember what kind of quarterback you were, but I'm looking at you. I'm guessing he was a playoff quarterback I was, at West. I, I covered your last game. I was game. guessing you could run the football. Ball, <laughs> not like he can. I mean, the thing with them is when you try to break them down schematically and so, like, you know, certain pivots from the quarterback you know which way they're gonna go and you can't just attack because then he can keep it around the edge and if you just have one guy out there which a lot of times we just set up one guy and we're like okay you have quarterback it's not that easy when he's really good so then if he makes him miss you know you're watching you know the back of his jersey and and he's running for long touchdowns so then you gotta account for the tight end and so you gotta stop the run but then their action off of it I think the bigger task for Exeter will be on on defense you know, because yeah. they seem to – the only time they ever seem to get beat is by a spread team, 
lately. And um, when it kind of gives them some problems, the true, spread team. True, yeah. but Portsmouth, Golfstown last year. Um, you know, just it's tougher when you're in space. It's just and he, they rally down. They get they get to guys um, really well. I mean, I know I coach, we coached like four of them in the Chad game last year, and they were unbelievable in space. Um, and they still weren't able to stop. You know, Golfstown. So. I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen them on film, so I don't know what they have necessarily. We did play Exeter last year, and and again, we I thought we had a great game plan for him. But you know, you can say, okay, you're going to jam the tight end, or you're going to take the quarterback away, and you know, it doesn't always work like that. So, all right, we'll take another timeout. We'll come back, Jimmy Lozon. I want to talk to you about you know being a Manchester West grad. I want to talk to you about the state of affairs at Manchester West now. Obviously. It ain't your Blue Knight Manchester West football program. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Turkey Bowl in Manchester. Get into that Pinkerton-Londonderry rivalry a little bit. Uh, we will return with more of the New Hampshire High School football show, the semifinal Saturday edition on ESPN New Hampshire and on nhsportspage.com. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. These days, you need to know your college investment is moving you forward. Great Bay Community College gets that. They have new high-demand programs, including bioengineering, sales and digital marketing, liberal arts, English, history, and psychology. There are opportunities for internships and leadership development and transfer pathways to a four-year college. All this at a tuition you can afford. Great Bay Community College. Enroll now. Drop by admissions today. No appointment necessary. Tuesdays from 9 to 3. Find out more at greatbay.edu. Nothing beats the fresh taste of Budweiser Draft. It's more than just love at first pint. It's the best way to enjoy the quintessential American lager. Brewed the hard way for an unmistakable crisp finish every time. So don't just settle for whatever's on tap. Make it the fresh taste of Beechwood-aged Budweiser Draft. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports. All right, when we ask for 80s hair metal, I don't think we're looking for Def Leppard. Yeah, he's trying. I, 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 he heard this. Oh, his mom was buying him jeans at the mall once, and he heard this song. Yeah, a little acid wash action. Whatever. Keep DJs. working on it. All Listen, right. if it begins with a W, it works. Winger, White Snake, White Lion, Warrant. Warrant. You're going to regret that. I'll find Whitney Houston from the Oh, 
boy. It is the New Hampshire High School Football and Hair Show on ESPN New Hampshire. Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, our special expert analyst, Jimmy Lozon. Does that mean we're not experts? From Londonderry here. Are we not experts? If I was an expert, I'd be playing today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we really appreciate you coming in and uh, sharing some knowledge. And you obviously have intimate knowledge of... uh, you know, Division One, especially we are going to get into D2 and D3 in the second hour of the program. Uh, the great matchups there. Dave's going to be out at Wyndham this afternoon. There's another W for you. And uh, Wyndham, Plymouth, uh, that game kicks off actually at one thirty. All the rest of the games at 1 o'clock. I'm headed to uh, Bedford for the Merrimack-Bedford game. We'll also have uh, video coverage on NHSportsPage.com of Stevens and Manadnock from Swansea. That should be a good game as well. The other uh, matchup in D3 is Interlakes Moultonboro against Bishop Brady. The other game in D2 is Bo Hanover. But I want to talk to you, Coach Lozon, a little bit about the rivalry between Londonderry and Pinkerton. Now, you did not go to Londonderry or Pinkerton. You've been the coach at Londonderry now, what, this is your third year? Okay. You probably heard about the rivalry, the Mac plaque and all that. But until you actually experienced it the first time, and now you've experienced it three times, what does that rivalry mean to those two schools and those communities? Yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. I I, I heard about it, and I'd never been to a game um, between the two. And then when I came out, actually, I didn't even realize it when we first started the game. Our first year, we're playing, and then at halftime, um, I'm like walking to the to the school, and I'm like I'm looking around, and I, I just I, I was blown away with how many people were around, and I thought maybe it was because we were both three and zero. And every year, it doesn't matter what our record is, even this year, even in the pouring rain this year, um, the place is packed. The energy is unbelievable. It's almost like small town southern football, where like the two towns, you know, just everybody comes. You There's know? a sign on the business window that says "Gone yeah, to the game." Exactly. Closed. You know, that's what it feels like. Uh, that's you know, that's kind of what I picture, and it's just the pep rally you know the day of the game and just everything it it leads up to it there's a lot of hype the the big problem is motivating them the week after that yeah you know Uh, because especially when you lose it which we have uh last few times is you know this year especially we needed that game we were going into it 0-3 we knew we matched up well and it was just kind of all right how do I keep these guys motivated because you just played the biggest game of your year mm-hmm. in front of the biggest crowd week four. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of wish it was like the last week of the season sometimes, but um, you know, so things, some things fall off after that. But uh, you know, two years ago we were able to stay motivated throughout the whole season and we, and I stressed the whole Pinkerton letdown and then we played really well the week after. So, um, you know, it's great to be a part of. It's really, it's really an honor to be a part of. I, I've been around a lot of high school football, last 10 years and i haven't seen anything like that dave wants to ask you a question no no, no i was just gonna say all i was gonna say is we got to see a state championship basketball game between london that, and was, and that was amazing that, that game yep. it was yeah. amazing unbelievable yeah. i bet you that route highlights had like two, two thousand views on those the highlights for us route 102 was very quiet that afternoon yeah, <laughs> when those two teams were playing all right we uh are at the top of the hour the first hour is in the books already coach lozon's gonna stick around uh for the rest of the show so We'll get into the D2 and D3 matchups. We got Justin McIsaac's going to join us uh, for his weekly spot about 10.30 or so. Once again, we'll go through all the games, where they are, when they are, who's playing who. As the New Hampshire High School football show continues, the semifinal Saturday edition of the program. It's on ESPN New Hampshire and NHSportsPage.com.